Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. I'm your host, Shelley Rose, and this is The Reconnect Podcast. I'm a Taurus, a manifesting generator, a mum of two, a wife, and a mindset and business coach. I love all things personal development, health, fitness, expansion, growth, and healing. I have a lot of life experience and a lot of wisdom, and I have a deep desire to create a safe space for honest, vulnerable, and expansive conversations. Expansive conversations that help you find comfort in embracing your humanness and being the powerful human that you were put on this earth to be. Let's get started. (laughs) Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Reconnect Podcast and I'm your host, Shelley Rose. Today, I have a very special guest, Ash. Ash is a woman's mentor who has a passion for all things relationships, femme and masculine energies, and the nuisance topics and conversations. And honestly, I am just so excited to have a conversation with her that is recorded because most of our conversations are not, and they are absolutely like fire. So introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Ash. I know this is like always the most awkward question that everybody hates <laughs> on podcasts. It's like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, why not? How am I supposed to explain myself? Um, I'm Ash. I am a mother. I'm a wife. I live on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Um, I am a women's mentor. I do prefer probably mentor over coach as I have a bit of a (laughs) issue in the coaching industry lately. Um, We can go into that if you want. Um, But really all in all, obviously the most important things, you know, to me is my role as a mother and a wife and just being, you know, a human being on this planet. I've got many, many different passions and interests, um, which, you know, I think in like the social media world, it's quite hard to always talk about, you know, topics with nuance and textures and all the different things, you know, that I'm interested in. So it's nice to have this sort of space to be able to sort of open up and have a little bit of, you know, long form discussion, you know, about things that I think are really important. Yes, honestly, I am so excited. And I just know that this podcast, like this episode is really like the conversations that we have in in the DMs are just like, you know, we could voice note like, tw- like for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, so I'm just so excited to just bring this to a, a platform where people can hear your perspectives because I do truly believe that your perspectives and just the way that yeah, like your perspectives and I guess the way that you like speak to, let's say, the nuances and like different, I guess, polarising topics that, you know, that that are very much in the, the social media world because we live in a very digital world. Um, so just to get started, would you be able to share just a bit about your journey, how long you have been a coach for or a mentor? And, you know, and, and just speak to, I guess, like, because just for the listeners, Ash and I met through a program, I think, didn't we? We met through yes. a program. Yeah. Yeah. So so we were in a program with with another 
coach slash mentor and we we met and we just like gelled clicked you know we just had like very similar I guess like perspectives and were on a uh, on a similar journey and I feel like you have kind of really found your your voice in like I don't want to normalize a noisy industry but like I feel like you've found your voice and your uniqueness in or actually let's call it your truth where you've really found your truth within an industry that could almost be considered clutching onto the newest shiniest thing yeah yeah definitely yeah. So um, can you speak to that? Yeah. So, oh, journey, it's always hard. I could go on forever. Honestly, long story short, I would probably say that um, pretty much from my 30th birthday or like coming up to my 30th birthday, so I'm 36, so we're going back like six years, I would probably say that what I was experiencing was like a spiritual awakening. <laughs> and I know that can sound like really sort of like cliche where people are like, oh, you know, like what the fuck? <laughs> sort of thing. But I think it was just like this really profound sort of level of like, who am I? Like, what, what do I want? Like, what am I doing here? You know, like, what do I want for my life? Like, what you know, what sort of friends do I want? What's really important to me? You know, like all those really big questions that I think when we're in our twenties, we don't really like fully sit in them. We might, you know, sort of like Mm. see things on Instagram or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, Instagram only came out, I think I was like 25 when Instagram became a thing. So like it was only in like twenties that like, you know, you could go online and maybe see quotes or see things and you'd be like, oh yeah, like I've never really thought of it like that. But pretty much for my 30th birthday, I literally like let go of like my whole friendship group. So there was only like one, really one friend in this particular group um, that I had, um, we just completely stopped talking <laughs> and it actually yeah. happened like, quite, like beautifully and organically as, as odd as that sort of sounds when you think of like a French, you know, friendship sort of leaving, but I, it was honestly like the universe just took them away for me. And I feel like it had been a long time coming. And it was like, I hadn't had the strength to sort of be like, you know, these friendships are actually not for me anymore. And I feel like the universe really did step in. It was like, okay, I'm just going to like remove these people from your life. So all of that happened. And then it sort of really just became like, you know, I got my hands on, every single like personal development, spiritual book, podcast, you know, then I just went into like course after course, education after education. And I was literally just like obsessed, Um, went through, you know, the really um, love and light sort of part of your journey, which I think everybody goes through. I think everyone will sort of really feel like some resonance with that. Um, so much so that like, I, you know, I stopped swearing and like, fuck's one of my favorite words. (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just like that really like soft and you're like, oh, I love everyone. I'd like (laughs) the love it. I need to be softer. Like I need to be, you know, like kinder. Not that I wouldn't say that, you know, like kindness was, I, I wouldn't say that I'm not kind, 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny looking back now. And then I feel like, you know, you sort of come out of that and then you sort of start to land a little bit more in this sort of like new mature sort of version, um, of yourself. So I think really that, and then it just became, I think, you know, I wanted to be able to share that with other people, help other people through things that, you know, I had been through that I had experienced because, you know, we all, we're all humans and we pretty much all experience the exact same things. And whilst our, you know, experience maybe to that thing is, is really different and it's unique for all of us. I do believe that there is a huge part that is just so similar, you know, and that when we, when we have that experience and we can see that in someone else, we're like, oh my God, like, that happened to me, you know, even like how you just now, like, oh my God, I did that too, you know, like I stopped caring or I stopped being like a little bit like more fiery than maybe like what I would normally be. And then, you know, you can see that and you're like, oh yeah, you know, and I just, you know, I do think there's just a beautiful sort of like anchoring when you know that other people have been through that same thing. You're not thinking, oh my God, like I'm going crazy or, is this how it's supposed to be or, you know, and we do do that. Like it's the human Mm -hmm. condition. Yeah. So I I would say that. And so this is six years later, um, but that's probably, that's really like the standout for me probably from, you know, when I was 30 of it. I've always been, I think, you know, quite by nature, like connected to myself and quite an internal person I've always been able to I wouldn't say like manage my sort of like emotions I would say a lot of my 20s I was like quite dissociated but in saying that still able to sort of internally I've never been like really fiery you know what I mean and sort of like I've never been someone that throws my shit out there which has been something that I've obviously had to learn um, to do is to sort of like voice things a little bit more because I can tend to be more internal, more introverted, um, especially if I'm feeling like sad or threatened or, you know, unsafe in any way. Well, like I'm a crab, so I sort of go, you know, back into myself. So I do have that tendency. Um, So, yeah. I love it. Honestly, I love it. And it's so funny because like I I couldn't say I ever stopped swearing in general, but I stopped swearing through social. So it's like I diluted who I needed to be in order to be perceived as something else, yeah. um, which is a, I which like is a big one. Swearing. I was like, I made it like a thing. I think it was actually um, Jay Shetty, who I'm not like a huge fan of anymore, which is funny. <laughs> um that because he doesn't swear and yeah, I think he's a monk, I, isn't he? well he was a monk but I think I'd been listening to like when his podcast first came out which I think was maybe like 2000 and like 17 or 18 and he doesn't swear um and I think I, and you know just through like his explanation of like why he doesn't I think I was like oh okay you know and obviously like going mm. through like self-development spirituality I was like oh I'm gonna try and do that in all honesty the only swear word I really say is fuck but like I do like to use it (laughs) honestly it's the best word I I say it probably too much actually 
Jack and I have both had to be conscious because we've got a little parrot. So we definitely, we definitely have been a lot more conscious of it. Um, But it's just so funny because you're so right. And I think the thing that I love so much about you is that you kind of have gone full circle. Mm. And, and and what I mean by that is you've kind of like gone balls deep into the industry and, you know, and and really immersed yourself in all of the things And, and, and then kind of almost like taken a step back out. Mm-hmm. created your own perspectives, sat in your own truth, and now you've become super fucking solid in that. Mm. And I think that that is where I'm so, you know, that's where I think most of our conversations are is it's just like, okay, like like you've really kind of full circled and it's like, okay, I can't swear. I need to, you know, be doing X, Y, Z. Like I used to think that I, that I had to learn how to do a moon ritual and I would like fucking Google, like how do I do a full moon ritual? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly and the, it. and it's and it's just so funny because you know like you get to just do a full circle but but your full circle has definitely been you know yeah balls to the wall um personal development through programs investing in coaches and mentors and stuff like that and I feel like you've kind of really landed in this place of knowing who you are and what you're here to do despite what anybody else is doing yeah well like you it's one of those things right you can get lost in places that you think are supposed to be healing which is like a really big thing that what I think has happened with the coaching industry I think you know people are getting lost in this like constant hamster wheel of like oh, I need to be healing or like this doesn't look the way that like this person does it and they're apparently like awakened and evolved and like all these amazing things. So like, I, you know, and then we get on mm-hmm. and people don't realize that it's just another wheel. Like it might look better and sound better because you're able to be like, oh, I'm doing self-development or I'm healing. I'm working on my traumas. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And like, I, you know, there still is a certain level of that, that it, it is going to be nourishing and it is going to be good for you. But I think there's another side of it too that it becomes like who am I when I'm not healing all the time like who actually Mm. am I when I'm you know when I just allow myself to be in my life because I think when you're just constantly looking or how do I fix myself or how do I do this or how do I make my relationship look like this person or that person you're actually not learning anything because you're not even in your own life. You're not even in your own body. You're still actually looking outside of yourself and wondering, oh, okay, so these are the things that are wrong with me and these are the things that I have to change, which is exactly why people go into it. Do you know what I mean? Like It's actually hard when you think about it. Like people are like, oh, I need to do it because I feel broken and I never think that anyone is ever broken but then they become like they almost are breaking themselves trying to, I'm just constantly like healing. Like I constantly need to be like better, 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 better. Yeah. 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 Then when you put social media in there and coaches say like some really bizarre, (laughs) some really like bizarre things and people, you know, and people trust these people and, 
look up to them and pedestal them and they say these things and it's actually quite scary sometimes from my perspective the way I I know other people are going to perceive certain things and I've been like guilty of that early on you know saying things you know about like investing in yourself and like what it means about you and like or you know almost like Mm. shaming people and like we still see things like that and I just think how are we here like how that's what I think about the coaching industry now I think how have we gotten here like when I started and I know you were the same it was like this really beautiful desire to be of service to others, right? To give them a space to share themselves, to share parts of themselves and for you to be able to coach them through that, mentor them on certain things. And now it's almost become like uh, a way to for other people to bow down to us and, you know, respect all of our things that we've done and how much money we make and who we are and this, that and the other. And there's no service, like that's my yeah. perspective now. It's like there's no service. And not only that, it's like the people that actually still do say, I want to be of service. I genuinely want to help people. I genuinely want to create a space for people that feels, you know, accessible, safe, you know, like nurturing, all these beautiful things. And then you've got people that are like, why, why would you be doing that? you know yeah yeah like we're not playing on that level it's like and what levels that like service like loving Mm. other people yeah yeah letting people be humanness now it's like there's a narrative on social media like humanness boring you know Mm. yeah yeah it's funny I've actually been doing um I think I spoke to about this but I've actually been doing a lot of internal healing myself um from like a from a like sorry I've like I've done a lot of work you know that I've done a lot of work on myself but over the last probably month two months I've actually been really consciously doing like deeper levels of healing through somatic breath work and actually just sitting in my shit and I think I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago but like I'm so good at the doing so good at the doing not very good at the being not very good at the being and it's funny because I was chatting to my healer about this and she is the girl who I did my trauma certifications through so I did my trauma certifications maybe like two years ago maybe two yeah two years ago and it's fucking so funny because I see how you know like humans are just so smart right humans are smart and the biggest thing I, I know this for you as well it's like the biggest thing for me with all my clients is it's not it's not like it's all about okay how can we build safety in uh, safety and trust in who we are so that we can be who we want to be like it's like you know and I've been chatting to to Jess a lot about it it's like you know I, I started in this industry because I just had this deep desire to help women rewrite the narrative and um and once when I did my certifications I kind of like started to see like I was like oh yeah like yeah I rewrote the narrative but I was not necessarily super embodied in the things in which I was like speaking to so then I went down this like embodiment piece and I was like okay like starting to like really embody the things that I was you know preaching and that's one thing that I you know I'm very big on is like 
practicing what I preach, you know that. That's a that's a huge like that's a value of mine. It's like it's you know, like that's what I stand for. But um <laughs> one thing that I've seen in just the last over the last month is like I have done so much work on myself from a place of knowledge and and intellectualizing however going into this like somatics work and and being given this like really intense homework for myself to like actually start being in in more like stillness and and facing some gnarly shit that I haven't wanted to face it's like I can come in and I've got all the fucking language like like I I can bypass that quick smart because I've got the language I know what to say I know like I know all the things and Jess is always like okay but Shelly let's fucking do them and I'm like (gasps) you know what I mean and I feel like this is like where you speak to it's like yeah we kind of get in this on this hamster wheel of okay I need to no more no more no more no more no more I need to maintain these standards but at some point it kind of it's where we've got to you know, access discernment, but call ourselves forward and be like, okay, cool, but where am I actually bypassing? Because it's all good to consume, 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 but where's the integration come in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? But, but now there's that, like, narrative with coaches that I've seen. It's like, oh, you don't need time to integrate. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You don't need time to integrate. Like if you need time to integrate, like I'm I'm moving, like I'm going, like you're slow, you know. And, and if you're in like a place where, you know, you're really looking up to people or that particular person or whatever it is, and you know in your body and in your heart and in your soul, oh, like I do actually need time right? You're actually not going to lean into that because you're still mm. in a space of like, oh, okay, this person probably knows more than me. I, I need to do what they're saying. Otherwise I'm not going to keep up or I'm not going to yeah. get out of this, you know? And then we're actually just teaching ourselves again, which is why we went into the work in the first place is to not trust how we actually feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rewriting all these different stories and narratives that they may not be the same stories as before, which is great. You know, like, okay, I've lost story A and story B, but now we've created story C and story D, (laughs) you know, and then we have to get rid of those ones. And look, like, I think there is a certain level that that is, I think, part of life. You know, I heard someone say um, the other day, like, everybody's programmed. Like, everybody's programmed. You know, you can't not program your children, right? But it's actually just being conscious of what that programming is and choosing the programming that you believe, you know, for your children that is the most, you know, healthy, resourceful program. Like, we can't actually get away from any programming and conditioning, but it's actually being aware enough and conscious enough and, you know, brave enough to be like, I actually don't, like, I don't want that, you yeah. know, yeah. that way of thinking, that narrative, that mindset, like that's actually not for me. And that's actually yeah. where I think people struggle the most online um, and especially with obviously certain topics and stuff like that. People, it's actually like that courage 
right? To be like, mm. I don't believe that. Like, I think that's, that's not, that's wrong for me. Yeah. 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 And yeah, especially yeah. if it's not the popular opinion. Yeah. 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 Like I, I've definitely always been someone that's almost like rebelled against like all <laughs> the popular and not even like, like sometimes I don't really like that word rebel because it's it's a really conscious thing. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to push up against this because I want to be different. It's just, I don't know, I think there's a certain level I've always been able to see like the darkness that is in a lot of yeah. those things, you know, yeah. and that sort of like play on that behavior and sucking people into like the new best thing or making people afraid to think differently. You know, I've just never sort of fallen mm. even from like a really young age. I've never really, you know, fallen for that. Like even at school, like peer pressure, you know, like I never got into drugs. Like I never, you know, was sleeping around, you know, even though I had like friends that, you know, may have, or they were doing drugs at festivals and they were getting, you know, I just, I've always been able to be like, that's actually not for me, you know, yeah. but from a really beautiful space of like, we're still friends. Like I still have those friends, you know yeah. what I mean? I still have plenty of friends in my life that do things quite differently to me on some certain like really things that I believe strongly in but I'm also grown up that I'm able to like be friends with someone that's not exactly like me yeah yeah I love it and I think as well though it comes into that you know that right or wrong like it doesn't exist right like there is no right or wrong and I definitely feel like you know this is where it is really important for us to discern what is right for us and what is wrong for us and not make anybody else right or wrong for having an opposing opinion to that or an opposing way of doing you know and I think it's so important and it's funny that you mentioned like you know we are kind of now in this world where it's like oh but I can you know I get to process and still do and I think that yeah it's like that part where it's like well that's what we're doing anyway, right? Like we're not just, like, unfortunately we live in such a fast-paced world. You don't have the opportunity to clock out for three months and especially not if you have children, Um, but you don't have the opportunity to like clock out for three months and process or integrate. But I think it's like the part of you that accesses the discernment when it comes to, okay, like, am I actually embodying what it is that I'm preaching? Am I actually congruent? Am I actually doing the thing or am I just actually speaking to the thing because it's the thing that I need to be speaking to yeah and also do I even care about this thing mm, yeah 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 you know, do I even care about it like there's plenty of things that people care about that I don't give a fuck about yeah you know and an that's example. okay yeah you know <laughs> that's okay but it's like people like people don't even have that ability to be like, I actually don't give a fuck about X, Y, and Z. These are the things that I do give a fuck about. And these are the things that I'm going to put my time and energy into. Even if so-and-so is doing this over here and they're having, you know, they've got a really good business based on that, or, you know, even things that work in like certain relationships, like that may not be right for you. That may be something that you don't yeah. care about. 
you know? Mm. I think that is the biggest issue with online and especially with people that don't yet have that courage and that ability sort of to be like, nah, that's not for me. This is for me. And and it's as simple as that, mm, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh, I don't really think that because of X, Y, Z and like, oh, I'm going to like put a disclaimer here and like do the, you know, it just being like, uh, like I actually don't agree with that. I don't like that. That doesn't act, you know, like mm, that's actually what you yeah. want. That's what you want yeah. people to be able to do. Like, yes, no. Yeah, yeah. And it comes down to to being, you know, it, it, it comes down to having internal internal trust and safety within, right? Because it's funny, like this is kind of what Dare to be Bold's about, my the program. And it's like you're so it's becoming so solid in who you are that like taking bold action is the byproduct because you're not focused externally, you're focused internally. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and when you are, you have the ability to be confident in your voice, in your truth, in your perspectives, in your opinions, in the way that you lead your life, because you're not living it for anybody else. You're living it for you, or you're not living it because of anybody else. Like, it's like that, that uncircumstantially, it's like, this is just the way that I want to do my life. This is how I want to do it. This is who I am. And this is how it's going to be. It's not, well, I'm going to do it this way and that way, and potentially that way. And maybe I'll do that thing because that's what so-and-so is doing you know um so it's not powerful. like a carbon it's not a carbon copy it's like I'm always like your work like it's on the job learning like we're all on the job learning right yeah. like we're humans we're always on the job learning it's like when you become a mother like yes there are inbuilt instincts right there are 1000 percent. you know this I know this it's like you can hear your baby crying from like you yeah. know like we know this right and that is so beautiful like I sometimes when I think about that like that instinct as a mother I just think wow like how mm-hmm. are we even like created like that um but Magic. it's just yeah yeah um yeah but it's just oh I completely even lost what we were even talking about before that <laughs> Oh, I was saying how we're like learning on the job. Like it's, you know, if you're following someone and I don't mean like following as in just on social media, but following as in looking to somebody else for whatever it is that you're looking for, which I think we all will do at some stage to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also remembering that that person is also learning on the job. You know, mm. so you've got to be really conscious about who you're actually looking to. And this is why, like, I'm not a huge sort of, like, I think having certain, like, role models or, you know, mentors and people that you look to, like, obviously I am a mentor, but it's like I still want people that work with me or that mentor with me to be like, oh, that what Ash said is actually not for me. Mm, yeah and they have space to be like that actually doesn't land for me that doesn't actually feel good that's what I want I don't want people to just go and do everything that I'm doing you know because that's actually not and it's I actually feel like that's like me taking their power away Mm, definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah and and it's funny because it's like you said before it's like not 
I never ever consider any of my clients as you know like as people that need me you know like like and I think I spoke to this yesterday one of my clients um popped into Boxer and was like you know you've changed my life and I was like that wasn't me like I didn't do that (laughs) you know like and I think that that's where it's like you know people come to coaches and mentors really when I think about why people come to me it's it's because I offer safety and, and like I, I offer a, like a, a safe container, let's just call it, like a, a safe container for them to explore all parts of themselves. And and, and with that, you know, they've got somebody to reflect a non-biased opinion based on what they're kind of seeing play out unconsciously, right? And, you know, it's funny because, like I said, like I've done all the qualifications, like the, the, the healing that I'm currently doing right now is the same modality that I've learned, but it's so different having the modality you know experiencing the modality as a client versus as you know a healer or a coach or a mentor but equally it's also so different having somebody there to facilitate it because we are fucking smart human beings and we're not we're not going to like we're not going to to be able to explore parts of ourselves without sometimes having someone there to to hold you and support you and and love you and provide safety for you to then actually see those parts of yourself. And yeah, it's just, like I said, it's like that part where it's like, yeah, my clients don't need me. I definitely don't change their life. Like they do it all themselves. I just provide the, I just facilitate the the space for it. (laughs) And sometimes it can be as simple as someone knowing that they have you there. You know, and I think, you know, people that are lucky enough to have their lives where, you know, they may have always had somebody that has always been there for them, you know, like always been this really beautiful, strong, unwavering presence, you know, like you're incredibly lucky if you're someone that has had that throughout, you know, your childhood and your life. But there are some people that have never, ever had that. You know, I know without even asking you that you would have had clients that are like, I've never told anybody that. You know, I've had heaps of clients said that to me, I've never told anybody that. I've never yeah. said any of these things to anyone before. And and that in and of itself is healing. Yeah. Or yeah. even just knowing, oh, I can I can get on Voxer if I want to today and share this. They may not necessarily do it, but even just knowing that there's somebody there in their corner or someone that can hold them if they need it. Yeah that's like incredibly just like nourishing and healing for, for people, especially someone yeah. that may have never actually had that space um, before. And that's, I think that's what makes me like the saddest sometimes about certain coaches and the industry is I feel like we've lost that a little bit. Like we've almost sort of like, we almost look down upon that and we're like, oh, like, oh, is that all it is? Like, what are you just like? you know, helping people like feel better or like safer or healing them by like them just sharing things with you. And it's like, that sort of shit changes the world, you know, that sort of stuff for one person completely ripples through their entire family. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's like, you know, I, I definitely feel like 
it's always just coming back to the why, like it's coming back to why you started and, and really coming back to that impact, you know, like impact driven. It, it was, you know, it, it's very much, like I said, the reason that the reason that you got into the industry, like you said before, the reason I got into the industry was, yeah, because it was like, I need to, like, I want to show people how they can actually create a very different life to the one that they've been given and, and, you know, even better than that. And I think that, you know, we're both very much like very big examples of like being able to build an amazing life for yourself um, through each and every aspect of your life, through motherhood, through relationships, through marriage, through friendship, through, you know, like freedom, through happiness, through purpose, through fulfillment, like the list goes on, right? Um, And yeah, it's one of those things where, I definitely like I can I, I definitely hear you on on so many levels and I think as well it's just like it's just coming back to like yeah coming back home right why we fucking started it's like coming back home and, and yeah like landing in that okay like that that what's right for me is right for me what's not for me is not for me and that's that's perfect and normal and you know why am I even here what am I doing what like all of the things um so we've gone on a huge tangent which I thought we would because <laughs> you know this is what we do um, always the way with me <laughs> but I love it and I wouldn't change it um however one thing that I do love hearing you riff on because I feel like this is kind of where you really like I'm gonna for lack of better for lack of better term I'm gonna call it your zone of genius right but I feel like, you know, me speaking to like feminine and masculine, whilst I understand it, it's not my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. When I, when I, you know, like speak to you about like the feminine, the masculine and, you know, just like monogamy, relationships, marriage, all of the things, I just love hearing your, like love hearing your perspective. So where I guess did your interest come in to like, because I feel like you've only really recently not pivoted but you've only recently really found your like what would be the word like I feel like the feminine and the masculine elements of like what you share has really kind of only landed for you over the what like the last 12 or so months where you've been like actually this is what I love speaking to I think it's sort of I think it's evolved a lot like I I have very much in a way sort of moved away a little bit from that really like dogmatic masculine feminine sort of style Um, and I I didn't really ever use that a lot with my um, clients and coaching and the way I sort of like mentored people. I've always had a much sort of I think like a deeper understanding and perspective on it. And a lot of my teaching is really like foundational. And I don't want to use the word basic because I feel like when people think of basic, they think of like, oh, it's just really surface level. But for me, I feel like so much of what people are missing, if and we're speaking specifically to relationships, is basics, is foundational mm-hmm. things. You know, that's what we're missing. And 
one of the reasons why I think I pulled away a little bit from, you know, probably anyone that's listening, the teachings that they sort of know around the masculine and feminine is because I didn't want to be somebody else that was sort of playing into these really like this and that, you know, it's this and it's that. And, And then I also thought, you know, if people are, are learning this or, you know, watching someone online that teaches, you know, that in that way and they don't have any of these foundational sort of um, things or these basics, it's actually just going to cause more problems in their relationship or if they're not in a relationship, cause more confusion (laughs) of what it actually Mm -hmm. is that everything is supposed to look like. You know, so yeah. I would say me now when I speak about relationships or when I speak about the masculine and the feminine, yes, a lot of the time I am actually speaking to the masculine being a man, the feminine being a woman. And that is because more than 90% of the time, if you are a woman, you are more than likely going to be, you know, more comfortable in your feminine pole. And if you're a man, you're more than 90% of men are more comfortable being in, you know, their masculine pole. But for me, I think it's really sort of like broaden and deepen. And now I teach much more from like a foundational aspect, but also really like that devotional, sacred love, like divine union. Mm. You know, I'm sort of, I'm quite done with that really like masculine feminine like feminine needs to be like this and masculines like that and whilst I do think that there are certain things about those teachings that can be really like wonderful and beautiful and even like beautiful to listen to you know like they're almost like fairy tale like sometimes um I do believe that if you don't one if you don't have a really strong connection to yourself just as an individual sovereign being I think if you haven't done any sort of work on your like inner truth, inner knowings and able to sort of really like discern for yourself, like what feels good, like what we were talking about before, like what doesn't, not just what feels good, but what you know to be true, like in your own self with that little bit of time and reflection, I think people can become really lost and it upsets me. Like I see things online, like, oh, my husband doesn't, you know, plan all our dates. Like, does that mean that he's not masculine? And I'm, you know, and it just makes me really yeah. sad because I just think, yeah. oh my God, you know, there's, there's probably relationships that have been actually really quite beautiful and like healthy and nourishing, nourishing and all these things. And then people have gone down these really like dogmatic teachings, people that sometimes do teach in these really like ways. And then, they're, and then they're picking all these problems, you know, like, oh, he doesn't yeah. plan a date. I plan a date. So does that mean that I'm masculine? And we start to like spiral into these, you know, and if you don't yeah. have that awareness, if you don't have that ability to be like, oh, no, like this is what works for our relationship or this actually, him not planning our dates feels really good for me because I like doing it, then do yeah. it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I do, like, I am very conscious of the way that I talk about that now because I don't want people, I don't want people to start thinking, oh, this is the way my relationship's supposed to be. You know, he's got a plan day. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. Or it means that my relationship is no good. 
Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I think as well, just in that, it's like, you know, it's like the divine feminine and the divine masculine have been so glamorized that there has been that inability for humanness to come into like in in essence union right because it's like okay well like I'm this like I'm this and you need to be that and and vice versa and look I couldn't say that I'm hugely like like I said it's not something that I really zone in on I have done a little bit of work on like masculine and feminine for myself personally but um, I remember when I did first start kind of looking into the different energies of like the feminine and masculine because I was a very wounded feminine um, you know, and, and when I speak to it for me personally, I, um, I was the coach that I had at the time, she was very much into the feminine, um, energies and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd just fallen pregnant and, you know, feminine, like pregnancy forces you into your feminine, right? Like it's the, like there, there's no, like there is just so much surrender in becoming pregnant, right? And I grew up with my dad. I didn't, um, I like from the age of nine, I grew up with my dad and I definitely took on a lot of masculine traits within, you know, my identity and who I felt I needed to be because I found that it's quite safe. Like that was kind of the story that I had unconsciously created was, okay, well, you know, like the, the masculine in my life, he's strong, he's stable, he's supportive, he's this, okay, like unconscious, this is what I need to be to be, safe, supportive, strong, all the things. Um, So I really struggled going through like pregnancy and motherhood where there is just so much surrender. Like, like truly, I feel like you, like this is probably a full projection, but I'm like, you don't know surrender until you become a mom. Like, you know, like, like you, there, there is just nothing that can prepare you for the, like, the need to release, like the need to let go of certain things. But when I did go down this like rabbit, yeah, and control and control, that's the biggest thing, yeah. And I feel like as a collective, and this is something that, you know, we know to be true, but as a collective, we are so conditioned to be in our masculine, to to be in control. And it's funny because we desire for, you know, like this is what, you, you know, this is where I, I was going. It's like I kind of was like, oh, like understanding all these feminine things and I'm like, okay, how can I receive more? How can I surrender more, blah, blah, blah. And then and I remember like sending all these things to Jack, like, you know, being like, oh, this is like you need to learn about the, the masculine you need to be. And like Jack is just such a gra- grounded, safe human. Like he's, he is very self-aware from the perspective of just being self-aware. He's not into the work but he's always listening to podcasts he's always doing some form of personal development but as a whole he is just such a grounded safe human being and I projected so much onto him really beautiful masculine traits right like grounded like yeah. present you know sure of themselves you know they're they're really really beautiful um masculine traits and like you said like women desire that so much because it's not and this is the thing right 
people get really upset online. And this is why having like a longer dialogue about certain things is nice because it's not possible for anybody, myself included, to talk about the masculine, the feminine or relationships or whatever online and literally speak to every single nuance and every single different experience and the way every single different person reading it is going to perceive it, right? And this is why discernment is so important I can easily read things online and be like, oh, certain aspects of that are beautiful. Love that. Certain things, totally disagree. Great. Move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to go on their page and try and tell them that it's wrong and fix them and this and that, which is what social media does, right? And like, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, it is one of the reasons why I don't you know, there are so many things in my notes that I have not shared because I'm just like, (laughs) I know this is going to piss people off. And sometimes I'm just so protective of my energy that I'm like, Mm. I don't even want to like put it out there because I know someone's going to get on and be like, oh, what about this? Or what about that? And it's like, I just want people to know that like, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to read something and be like, oh, you know, this feels really like wrong in my body or, you know, and even ask a question, but ask it in like a curious way, Yeah, you know, in a way of like, or can you expand on that for me? Like, could you go into that a little bit more or like, wow, like, reading you know reading your words like it it sounds beautiful but I'm not really sure that I like understand it you know instead of it being like this person's literally it's like this person's literally like physically assaulted my life by posting (laughs) on Instagram you know yeah yeah like relationships and you know and things like that but yeah you're right like being a mum it forces you into your femininity but it should right because you need that like you don't you think like it's like when you're pregnant like you said when you become pregnant it it, you felt forced into that part of you but there's a Mm. reason for that you know like this is like that's nature you know what I mean there's a that's nature stepping in and being like okay like you're gonna be a mum soon you know and without even being aware of what your body's doing and what everything is doing you naturally are going to fall into that part of you because you have to because your baby's very survival depends on you for that yeah 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 and and even saying that I've said things like that online before and people get pissed off yeah because they don't, there are so many people that think that when you speak about motherhood like that or you speak about these traits of being a mom, you know, like nurturing, caring, compassionate, intuitive, like all these beautiful, beautiful things. It's like, oh, so is that all women are? Is that all women are? Just baby making machine? It's like, no, that's not what anybody yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. That reaction. It's that reaction. And, mm. and honestly, it comes back to their lens and how they see the world, what programming and conditioning they have been indoctrinated in, you know, like I, yeah. I know that we've spoken about this before, but like, I'm very against like the feminist movement, like 
just I hate it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I love this. I I like I just I knew that we needed to get you on here. Um, like so I that more. it. <laughs> and look, let me be clear: when I say feminist, I'm not talking about like feminism in the 1900s like although I think that there were already issues there when you actually research feminism I'm talking really about like this modern approach to feminism and the rhetoric and narrative that is online you know especially when it comes to men um and you know you're a mom of two boys I don't have a boy I have a daughter um but you know I think there are so like we could do a thousand podcasts (laughs) everything but I'm very very passionate about teaching women how to like love their man better and I know that sounds you wouldn't believe it but I also receive hate online for that whenever I speak positively and lovingly about men women spew hate all over me like it is yeah yeah and and where do you think that that where do you think the problem is there like like and and what do you think causes that I think it's 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 their conditioning it's their stories you know it's their um you know they their experiences and look I'm never saying that there aren't reasons for people to feel for women to feel certain ways about men. Like I totally get that. And, you know, I've spoken to this on my page before, like if you could think of someone that would or should be a feminist, it would be me, (laughs) you know, like relationship with my father. Like he left when I was little, I don't have a relationship with him at all. So like the very man that was supposed to love me, protect me, you know, all these beautiful fatherly instincts, they were not there and I did not have that. And then my first sort of very serious relationship prior to, you know, my husband, he was emotionally abusive, like, you know, Mm. terrible, awful things. And obviously I had a role in that as well. So I always think, you know, I'm, and I was raised by a single mother, (laughs) you know, a wonderfully strong single mother. So like, there are every single thing about my experiences in life could have led me down that path of being like men are bad, men are wrong, men are abusers, men are just going to take, men are, you know, all these things that a lot of women feel. So I'm definitely never not understanding or valuing where women are coming from sometimes when certain things upset them. But I just think, again, you have to choose your lens. You have to choose your mm. perspective and you have to choose to be conscious of what that is. And, you know, it upsets me so much when I see women that are raising boys, women that are married, and the way they speak about men and boys and masculine energy, it honestly terrifies me for what the future is you know, yeah, yeah. Really, you know, modern feminism now is really about overpowering men. It's about mm. taking men down. You know, it's got that really like bitter, spiteful, nasty sort of like energy to it. It actually doesn't have anything to do with like equality. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the pendulum swung too too far oh, the other way. Yes, yes. And and yeah. that always happens, right? That always yeah. happens. It's always going to happen. It's happened all throughout history. It swings way, 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 way over one way and then it has to come back and then hopefully like we come sort of like back in this beautiful like balance. Um, yeah. And I think that's definitely where my passion lies now is that balance between bringing like men and women back together, like back into union. Mm. Because I honestly believe that that container to create families, that container to learn, you know, to heal, to grow, to evolve, to do everything is the most nourishing way for society. And it's what is actually going to like honestly it sounds like I'm insane saying this but like I feel like that's actually <laughs> what's going to save us like we're really 100%. sick yeah yeah like yeah culturally yeah. I think we're very sick yeah and we have a huge population issue too which is, well, a, which is a whole nother which is a whole nother you know, they actually, we're actually not we're actually not meeting our so the births that we should have we're actually not meeting that so we're actually not overpopulated Again, this is like a narrative that I think is built in for obviously various reasons that we won't go down. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, I think one of the things that I see the most, and, again, women get very upset when I say this, and I say it with so much love, is I think out of the both of us, out of men and women, I think women really lack accountability we lack responsibility when it comes to our relationships, the way we show up, the things that we do, the things that we say, um, you know, and I know that when women see that in themselves and I've worked with plenty of women that are like, wow, shit, I do do yeah. that. I do do this. I do, yeah. you know, and when they're able to do that, And they're not only able to see that in themselves, but even share it with their partner and just say, like, I'm so sorry, I actually do do this. And they're actually really, you know, intentional and focused on how they are showing up. Their relationship just completely changes. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because I was actually chatting to Jack about this recently. I can't remember what the how it came about, but you know, Jack has very strong opinions as well. Like, I need to get him on the podcast because he is just like me and Jack can do a podcast, <laughs> honestly. But he does have he look. He raises some really good points. He's got he's got a very interesting brain. I love Jack's brain, but um, he was like saying that before. He's like, you know, it's funny because you know what Jack believes, and I'm probably like, you know, probably going to get women come at me for this but Jack is like you know people are so quick to cast their you know their projections onto the to the masculine and and, and onto the male however it's like no one fully actually sees how easy it is for the woman in so many ways and I was like, and, and, you know, I like duality, I two truths can exist. I agree with it. And I, and I like, I agree with some elements, but he's just like, you know, he's like, what he goes like, he, oh, I feel like I'm going to get so much hate for this, but Hey, we're, we're going for it. Hey, come on. But he's like, 
I need to bring him on. But he's like, if you think about it, he goes, like, this is going to be fucking, I'm going to get so much hate for this, but we're going to go there. We're going to go there. He's like, to be a female, you need to, you know, be, he's like, you don't have to be success, overly successful. You don't have to be six foot tall. You don't have to, like, he's like, if you think about the criteria, you don't have to meet anywhere near as much as a male. And he's like, you know, we have to, we have to be successful. We have to be emotionally available. We have to be X, like we have to be, you know, a certain height. We have to, um, you know, like do this, we have to do that. And he's like, and for a female, it's like, you know, you, you just have to, to be open to, to receiving essentially like. (laughs) It's that sort of, um, you know, and this is the thing, like, and, you know, what Jack says, it's like, yes, and, you know, there's always like, yes, yes and. and he's speaking from his experiences and his being a man, right? And yes. one of the things that I know that men hate the most is being told how to be a man from a woman. Mm. You know, do not tell a man how to be a man. You're a woman. You know, my husband yes. would never tell me how to be a woman. He would never tell me how to mother because I am a mother. I'm a woman. I would never tell him how to be a father because yeah. he's a father. Yeah. You know, he's a man. He has been a man his whole life. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been a woman my whole life. So yeah. we both have, we're both a genius about being a woman and being a man. And I've done a post about this and I'm like, if women, if as a couple, you can actually learn about each other's experiences as being a man and being a woman, it would literally heal so much. Like even Jack being able to say that to you and like I don't know if you were like really, really reactive or upset about like things that he said, but even him being able to share that with you and say to you, you know, like, he feels, you know, he needs to be excess, successful. He needs to look a certain way, hold a certain frame, provide, protect, you know, do all these things. Yeah, yeah. He's just being able to say that to you and you've been like, yeah, like I hear you, babe, you know, sort of thing. It, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't even need to. I'm like, I just, I just sit here looking like a milk. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't even need to be a space of like, oh, you know, and this is the, this is yeah. the, the spiral that couples sort of get into it's like oh but also what are you what what you're saying that I do this or I do that it's yeah. that reactivity yeah. which women are really good at mm. <laughs> and yeah. I say that because I have been that person as well not so much on um like the roles sort of like I've never been like reactive about like the gender roles as such because yeah. I'm actually like you know, I would say that my marriage is quite traditional when we're talking about like roles um, in that sort of way. But I think just having having the dialogue and having the space to just be even say like to your partner, like, oh, yes. what is it like being, being a man? You know, I even said to my husband the other night, like, and we always have these sorts of conversations. And I was like, do you hate being a man sometimes? Mm. And I thought about it for a minute and he was like, no, he's like, I love it. He goes, but he goes sometimes as men, he's like, there does like, it can feel like a burden sometimes and not in a way like he wishes 
that he didn't have me and he didn't have our daughter because he loves that, you know, and that gives him so much purpose. Yeah. And I think any good man feels that. And if they listen, we'll be like, yes, totally. And yeah. he's a burden. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just like for us as as women, oh, like I love my children. I would literally die for my children, but it is a burden sometimes having, you know, like you were saying, you've got really little kids being at home all day with them, playing kids' games, like, you know, like we're allowed to admit these things without it turning into an all-out war and tit-for-tat of like, oh, well, I've got it worse than you. Oh, no, I've got it worse than you. Oh, no, you know, and that's honestly one of the biggest things that I see in relationships is this backwards and forwards of the man trying to prove all these beautiful, wonderful things that he does for you. And then instead of just receiving that and maybe being like, oh, where can I actually show a little bit more appreciation? Where can I be a little bit more adoring? Where can I be a little bit more helpful to him? And instead of that, we go straight into, yes, but I yeah you know yeah I've been I, there. Yeah. I do that, you know and we all have babe like we all have that yeah. like if any woman ever tried to tell me that she's never done that before I'd be like a liar yeah wait until you have kids it's natural, it's natural <laughs> reaction, right it's a natural reaction and it actually takes yeah. it takes a lot of control and awareness to sit with things like that and be like hmm, like mm. where is this truth in that you yeah, know yeah and, definitely yeah and the thing is if you're going to have a good marriage if you're going to have a healthy marriage if you're going to have a marriage that you know you are together forever which I'm a big believer that you get married to be with that person forever like 100%. we didn't vows we're not religious but it's funny one of my girlfriend's very Christian and she always laughs because she's like Ash the way you see marriage is so it's really rooted in like in her, from her perspective in like God's will, you know, like God's yeah. way and the way it's supposed to be. And I have no problem with that. You know, I don't need to reject that and be like, oh, no, but I'm not religious. I don't believe in God yeah. or in yeah. that, in her, in her Christian way. Um, but I do, yeah, like I think we we stop learning about each other we stop yeah. learning about each other. We have less patience for each other, you know, especially when you've got like young children and like you're in the trenches and like you're feeling like neglected and you're a bit needy, yeah. like, you know, all these beautiful like human things that we all go through. And, you know, it just comes back to being able to just be honest and truthful with your partner and also knowing that if you're asking for that, if you're asking to be in a space where you're like, babe, I just need you to hear me, the, these things that I have like on my heart or, you know, on my mind, but you also have to be able to receive that as well, you know, because he's yeah. got stuff too, right? I think that's one of yeah. the things we yeah. sort of think, oh, like men are fine. Like they're good. Like, you know, they don't need to like whatever, you know, like yeah. we're like, oh, do yeah. this, be better, this, that, and the other. And we want them to like hold us, hold us, hold us, hold us. But it's like you've got to be able to sort of do that on the other end. And, and it's going to look different, 
right? Your husband's probably not going to fall crying into your arms. His Mm. way of emoting and sharing is going to be different, but you've, you've got to be able to sit there and take it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny you say that because, you know, even like you look at it from, you know, like what we were speaking to before with like coach first client, it's the same in relationships, right? It all comes down to like, you know, creating a safe space for you to be seen and held in the things that are coming up for you without making it right or wrong. And, you know, it's funny because Jack and I, you know, we've been in the trenches of parenting for the last three years and we've gone through huge, you know, huge things within that, unspeakable things within that. And one thing that, you know, whenever we're feeling, you know, whenever I guess, you know, our like our fuse is feeling a little bit too burnt, like whenever we're kind of at at our wits end, we we always create like a space where we will come together and we'll like, you know, and I kind of like tease him at times because I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, because Jack's very analytical. He's very logical. He's very like to the point, very like, you know. And I always like, I will, you know, often make joke. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's like a business meeting. But he will like, we will like actually sit down and spend time going through things that both of us are, are feeling like a little bit, you know, frustrated with or things that are, you know, like things that I'm doing that are annoying him, things that he's doing that are annoying me, where we're not actually working together as a union. And we sit there and we have an honest conversation around, okay, like where do we need to, where do we need to do better? And I feel like, you know, we've, we've been together for almost five years and, you know, we, we had kids quite young. Like I think we, you know, we were together for maybe a year before I fell pregnant. And this has honestly just changed our relationship so much because we know that we have such, like we know that whilst there can be times where we sweep shit under the rug because we're tired and we're busy or whatever, it's like we always make space to have an honest, safe and vulnerable conversation around how we can be better as individuals as well as how can we be better as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And it's so, like, I I honestly, I feel like it's so, so, it's just been such a huge, um, oh, like, I feel like it's just really elevated our marriage on so many levels, even come intimacy and stuff like that, because we're so deeply connected and we know that regardless, it's like we've got each other, even in the moments when we feel like we don't have each other. Yeah. And and that's you know, so, I feel like and that's so beautiful and it's something that is not like revered anymore in society like marriage even in and of itself like I cannot tell you how many disgusting things that I hear people say about being married or just like such like put down like oh like you know oh it's a piece of paper like that's Mm. it like oh it's a piece of paper and I think like I think to myself again if that is your perspective then that is what it will be if you think yeah. marriage is paper, yeah. your marriage and what is in that will be like a piece of paper. And what's a piece of paper? It's a flimsy piece of shit that you throw and it'll fly <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And this is the thing. It's like, oh, we can just, you know, I've, I've done a post about it before. Like we 
we skate, we literally scapegoat the word marriage. Like people are like, oh, Mm. I've already been married. I wouldn't do it again because marriage did X, Y, Z to my relationship. It's like, did marriage actually do that to your relationship? So marriage, the word ruined your relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like, like, yeah. If you're not going to take accountability and responsibility for your role in the breakdown of a marriage or relationship or whatever it is, like, that's fine. I have nothing against divorce. Like, I was raised by a single mother, you know. My husband was also raised by a single mother, you know. I have friends that have gotten married and have been divorced. I don't look down on them or anything like that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I think that plenty of people do divorce as beautiful as divorce could be, they do it really well, some people. And I have huge admiration for the people that do do it beautifully, especially when they have kids. I think it's amazing. Mm. Obviously for me personally, my goal is to not be divorced. Divorce is actually not even something that we is on the table for us. I've actually done a post about that before as well. We actually say now, call it the D word. Yes. It's funny. Jack's the exact same. Like I, like I, I'm just a curious person in the sense that I'm like, you know, like I, I ask a lot of rhetorical questions and I, I will often, like I've said to Jack, like, oh, if we end it, like, and Jack just like shuts it down every time he's like, it's just not even a question, not even a question, not even a question. And I, and I love um, that. It's actually a really beautiful sort of thing to set in your relationship because we're the same like early on we would like maybe make jokes about certain things or like oh you would do this or like you would be like that and like you know have a laugh and like we're teasing yeah. each other and things like that but like a- as we've gotten further down our marriage we've been married 12 years this year we've been married we've been together for 15 years now we're just like it's just not a thing and we obviously both mm-hmm. come from divorced families mm-hmm. um and it's just something that we 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 will never go down that path. And there and yeah. you know there is no reason why that will happen with the intentionality and love and respect and devotion that we have for each other. There is no reason why you know that would happen. And you know I think the thing is like you can't you can't take a break from your marriage. You know, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you can't, like you can't, like you were saying before, like you can't just take like three months off and be like, you know yeah. what, you, I'm just going to, you know, only care about myself, you know, like even if you think you don't have kids, I'm just going to do what I want when I want with no regard for you, this, that, and the other, you yeah. know, all this. You cannot do that, you know, and I yeah. think people struggle with that or they struggle with marriage feeling like also what it's a job or like it's work and they're like oh that's not sexy well marriage isn't always sexy like I don't know about Mm. you but my marriage is not always and hasn't always been sexy like it can be incredibly sexy but it's not always sexy Mm. yeah yeah 100% even like recently um, I was saying to Jack, because we had a conversation recently um, where, you know, I'm completely exposing our, our marriage here, but we had a really, we had a, um, a really honest conversation recently because I was doing things that were frustrating him. I was, you know, he was doing things that were frustrating me and he came and he, you know, and he had like his, like he had his little dot points of what he wanted to speak to me about. And then he's, um, 
you know, and he had a close, and he had a closing statement, and his closing statement was like, you know, when I vowed to marry you, I like. I made that vow knowing that I was going to support you through every single phase of your life and like, and love you unconditionally. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was stunning. And, um, and you know, and it's funny cause like he was speaking, like, you know, the way that he actually sees that is like, I made a vow to, to be there and to support you and to hold you and to love you through every single thing that, you know, that you've gone through. And, and this was, you know, I think when, when we went through the stuff that we did with Blaze, it was such a testament to our marriage because that was like that was where we really solidified how much of a team we actually are, right? Um, but you know, one of the things that I was speaking to with um, with my dot points was like, you know, we need to be more intentional with the time that we're spending as a family rather than just spending time as a family. And for the last few weeks, we've actually had like intentional family days where we always have family days but like I'm like no we're going to bring intentionality to these family days and he said to me the other day like yesterday I think it was he was like you know what Shelly he goes I've been loving our intentional family days and I was like it makes a difference doesn't it <laughs> he was like I still love my time with my family but I was like but it's very like it's bringing that intentionality to yeah. the things that that make it more sexy right it's like you know like it's like oh well yeah like we were saying this before we got on, you know, before we spoke to the episode, it's like, like sex in marriage is boring. I'm like, I've probably had the best, like I've got the best sex life I've ever had now that I'm, you know, so deeply connected to someone and we have so so much trust and, and depth within that, but also we can communicate all the stuff that we want and don't want. And, you know, it's like what you're saying, it's like the lens, the perspective. And it's like, yeah, marriage isn't always sexy. In fact, sometimes marriage can be really fucking difficult. And something that, you know, I was modeled as a kid growing up was to run away. Like my parents were on and off all the time. And I've had to do a lot of work on myself around like when when things get hard, I don't just like, like catch a bye. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, yeah, it's like, yeah, you have to sit, like, it's like seeing marriage as such a beautiful commitment to, to one another that actually does support your evolution, right? It's like, it doesn't hinder, it supports it. And it's actually yeah, one of the, like, it's actually one of I would say it's actually the best, the best, I'm going to go on record and saying this, <laughs> the best personal development spaces. Like if you want self-development, get married. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. You know, if you don't believe in marriage, whatever, that's fine. Get yourself in an actual committed relationship where you are just choosing, you are choosing each other and be intentional about that that is going to be forever mm. and then go through the process and the journey and the unraveling and all the things that that is because you will learn more about yourself through that than through anything else. Like I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many, you know, people that take plant medicine or do this or do that, like nothing, no course or healing or, you know, shadow work nothing that I have done even compares to what I have learned just by being in my marriage, witnessing my husband, witnessing myself, you know, what we've, what we've managed to build 
you know, even that in and of itself. And there's not a day that goes by that I'm not learning about my marriage or I'm not reflecting on how can I be better? Like, how can I be a better wife? How can I show up better for him? How can I be more helpful to him? How can I make his life easier? You know, and again, I know when I speak to that often on my Instagram, I just get so much blowback. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. I've had like awful things like, oh, um, you know, that's that me desiring to do that for him is pathetic. I had one woman say to me that that was pathetic, wow. that, that the fact that I um, care so much about being a mother and being a wife is pathetic. And like it really, I, I already knew that that was sort of where we were at in society and where a lot of women are at in their, in how they view men and in how they view, you know, that sanctity of being married. Um, but just having that like reflected to me and not that I, you know, that doesn't, I just, that's like yeah. water off a duck's back because I actually feel yeah. like sad for that person um but yeah it just really highlighted to me like how bad it actually is out there and you know even just not even just like the work that I've done with women but even just like relationships that I'm you know sort of witnessed to in my own personal life like it's Mm. divorce rates aren't 50% for no reason you know divorce rates Mm. are 50% because a lot of people do not have the tools and the skills and the resources and the awareness and the consciousness to make a marriage work. And you do have to make it work, you yeah, know, and it's work. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a culture thing, right? It is a culture thing. If we're hearing all the time that like, oh, you don't need a man because we can do all these things on our own now. We can even have babies on our own. You know, we're, we're almost sort of making men disposable a lot of mm-hmm. these you know, feminist groups or ideas and narratives um, are really trying to push this idea that we don't need men, <laughs> you know, whereas yeah. if men say yeah. these same things, it would literally like start a, a revolution you know you know I've just I really reject all of that like I reject it so deeply Mm -hmm. um and I just yeah like I just always say I'm like my goal is to just like make people love marriage again make people make marriage and having this, you know, beautiful, healthy, loving, like all the beautiful words that we can put to marriage, actually make that a goal. Like make that something that is admirable. Like I think it is. Like every single video on Instagram that I see of these old people that have been married for like five, seven years or whatever it is, you know, that to me, when I see those things, I cry every time. And when I see those things, I just think that is success. Yeah. Like to me, that is success. Like if I can go out and I have spent my life with someone for that long and we, you know, you see them cuddling and kissing each other and they're old and you know you think 
oh, I wonder what they look like when they were younger and like all their like glory days and they raised children and all these things. Like people see that now and they're like, whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like that is though, like that's just a society we live in, in the sense that we, like I feel like we as a generation, everything's just so easily accessible. So therefore we kind of live in this, we live with this unconscious belief of like the grass is greener on the other, like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like everything's become so, like you said before, disposable and you know, I read a quote years and years and years ago and it was like a meme when Instagram first came out. It was like an elderly couple and, you know, they the meme or whatever the fuck they call them was like, you know, we asked an elderly couple what their, um, what like, what is it? It was like it, we asked an elderly couple how they stayed together for so long or something like that. And, it, you know, and it said we lived in a generation where if something was broken, we would fix it, not throw it away. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, like I feel like you see this all the time where it's like we we live in a we live in a society that almost has become very disposable. Like, you know, and, and we've lost we've lost the importance of valuing what actually matters. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I always think to myself like for me, like if you've got somebody that loves you respects you you know you're building with you're creating with you have a family with you know even if no other person like existed on this planet I'm like when you've got that you've got each other you've got this bond I'm like that's the real flex people like I don't I don't actually care what else you think that you might have in terms of like materialistic things and I and I know that if even if you yourself perhaps looked around like your group of friends or whatever I know for me my friends that aren't in relationships or you know have been married and had you know gone through a divorce and then wanted to you know find you know somebody else and create something again with something else they're a thousand times happier when they're in a relationship yeah yeah like they it's like and that's the funny thing and that's what I see the most it's we are rejecting these ideas of marriage or you know longevity in you know a relationship because we you know and I'm speaking as a woman from what I hear women because we think that you know oh if we choose someone oh we're missing out on xyz or we're going to end up being a housewife because that's just totally Mm -hmm. awful and disgusting and who would ever want that and you'll probably end up with a man that's like oppressive and abusive and abuses you financially you know we have all these horrible narratives in our head Mm -hmm. but at the same time that women are believing those things and sharing those things online at the same time, all they actually really desire is someone that loves them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that is going to protect them, someone that is always going to answer the phone when they call or, you know, someone that they can just share certain things with that maybe they haven't shared with other people before. It's like, you know, I hate the word self-sabotage because I don't actually believe that we can like sabotage ourselves because I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like, 
that goes against our natural sort of um, like instincts and, and being able to sort of protect ourselves. But it's like, because we, I feel like because we're all built to pair bond and I do believe that like long-term pair bond, like that's shown in studies that that's how we're designed. Right. And I feel like because that is in our blood, it's in our evolution, in our biology, but society or, you know, the forces are trying to push that out of us and reject that out of us so severely through different narratives and feminism and all these different things that the very thing that we want so much, where we are always making decisions and saying things that is only pushing that further and further away from ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. Actually done, yeah. And they've actually done studies that show like women today, and this is women specifically, are more unhappy than what we've ever been. And that's taking into account like how many women are on like antidepressants, anti-anxieties, um, you know, all those sorts of things. So they base it off like a couple of different metrics, um, which yeah. is really interesting, you know, because often you hear things like, oh, how awful it was, you know, in the 1950s, and this is normally from young women, you know, 20, 30-year-olds that are saying these things. Um, and But if you speak to people from those generations, they're like, yeah. that was that was the best. I yeah. love those times, the good old days. You know, you hear older yeah, people yeah. say that all the time, like, oh, that was the good old days. And I'm not saying that there weren't things in those generations that, you know, like women couldn't buy their own home if they didn't have their husband's signature. And, of course, I do not agree with those things. Yeah. And I love yeah. that women yeah. are able to have access and do those sorts of things. But like we said before, the pendulum has swung so far the other way that we are just, like, living in utter chaos and I really yeah. believe that that level of chaos is a lot due to the fact that men and women are not creating these healthy pair bonds with each other anymore. And if they are, divorce rates are really high. Then we have more children growing up in like broken homes, you know, and you and I both come from one. So like yeah. I can speak to it. I know what that's like. Yeah. You know, yeah. that you can make different choices for your life and all those things. But the studies show, every study shows that children that grow up in two-parent households are always better off. Yeah, you know? yeah, and 100%. Yeah. Like any any narrative, any conditioning that rejects those things, I have a real problem with. And not because I think every single person should get married. If you don't want to get married, you don't want to get married. Right. But I also yeah. believe if you don't want to get married and marriage doesn't interest you, just like if having children doesn't interest you, that's fine. I've got friends that are like, I don't want kids. I don't look down on them at all. I actually think more power to you if that's a decision that you've made. Yeah. You feel really like confident and comfortable in that decision. Great. But I'm like, but don't, then you don't speak to those things, right? If you don't believe in marriage or you don't want to get marriage, then you do not speak to marriage and you do not look down on marriage and you do not, you know, spout all these ridiculous narratives about what it is because not only are you not married, <laughs> but you don't believe in it and you don't want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And, and it's like what you were saying. It's like just looking at it from the perspective 
as well. Like it's like, you know, like there's no, it's not that it's right or wrong, but it's being, it's, you know, it's like if you, if that's your choice, then that's fine. However, it's like, okay, then we'll be careful of the way that you're projecting onto certain things if the choice is that you you don't necessarily like a- agree or desire that for yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know. But it's like, you know, I always ask myself the question, and I don't really have an answer for this, but I always ask myself the question, why are the people that are so against these things so against marriage so against you know whatever a woman wanting to be a wife and a mother and stay home if that's what she chooses or whatever why are we so against these things yeah yeah that's a really important question that we all need to like reflect on and ask ourselves why are we so against that like what is the harm it isn't the whole idea of the feminist movement that we have choice or is it actually that the choice needs to be what these so-called feminists say should be your choice which is actually not yeah. choice yeah you know? yeah yeah and, and that's the thing that I see it's like you know and like I said before like I would say in my marriage we are quite traditional even though I do work I'm definitely not the breadwinner, the main breadwinner, and I have zero desire to be. Um, So essentially, you know, our marriage does work more. I am more home. I I do spend more time, you know, with our daughter. He makes majority of the money, you know, all those sorts of like traditional, what people would call sort of traditional. But what I see in my own life and know is I do think that, relationships and marriages that do have that dynamic seem to be the best relationships Mm, it's not a power struggle and not just the best in the way of like oh you know yeah she's probably just not speaking her truth and he's just this but like the most loving you know affectionate happy Mm. people that I know and I can't help but wonder a lot of the time which is what it was like for you know our grandparents and their grandparents who were married for 60 70 80 years it it just I can't ever help but wonder like there are certain things about that dynamic that they get really right and there are there are things that we're doing that we're getting very wrong Yeah, yeah. But I think as well, just to add to that, I think as well, it doesn't have to be like, you know, you know, like, because because I I have very much seen successful, like I've seen it be very successful from the other side where it's like, okay, the the wife chooses to make the money, the wife chooses to be the breadwinner and and the father, you know, decides to be the homemaker and, you know, and, and maybe like the stay at home dad. So it's like, it's it's catching that part of you that's not like okay well it has to be this or it has to be that it's like okay coming together and deciding what works best for you because that's all it's that's what we're really speaking to right it's not okay well because he earns the money I need to be this it's like no okay well this is what actually suits our family this is what suits our model this is what we desire for our marriage for our relationship and that can look very different for someone else and that's 
that's perfect. It's like, you know what I mean? But it's, it's not about the roles in which they play. It's the communication and the unity within the roles that they play. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And it's just, yeah, and it's being and owning that decision that you make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's it, we get in this, oh, I need to explain myself, you know. Yeah. And the only reason why I speak to traditional is because I do think that, you know, there are exceptions to any sort of rule and I think there are exceptions Mm. that there are men that would desire to be a stay-at-home dad but I do think that that is rare because I think that the natural instincts and capabilities of men is not to do that you know it's like I always think when you go to like daycare like when you drop your kids at daycare like it's all women yeah Yeah. like it's not men Right. And I'm not, and men, like my husband's a beautiful father and I know, you know, Jack is a beautiful father and they're different, right? Like the way they yeah. are with children, their children, other people's children is different. But I do mm. think there is like this certain level of like, we are constantly trying to like push back on nature or push against yeah you know, our own instincts for things. And if your instincts are the opposite of what, you know, quote unquote is traditional, great, great. Yeah. But I do think majority of people are in the middle somewhere trying to like trench through the waters or oh, society is saying that I should do X, Y, and Z, but I actually feel like this is what feels really good for me, which is where I actually think that we're at. Like in my opinion, it's not, we're not even, I don't even actually see the value in being like women can do everything, can like women should be able to do this and do Mm. because they're already doing it. It's actually gone the opposite where it's like stop putting down women that choose to stay home. Stop putting down women that love their husbands. Stop putting down women that want to have a hundred kids if they want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. Stay yeah. home with their kids and bake bread and bake muffins and like do all these beautiful, wonderful things. That's where I think that we're at now. Is we're actually the opposite. And instead of it being like, oh, women can do everything, it's women can do everything, but they shouldn't be wives yeah. and they shouldn't be mothers they should do everything but those things yeah yeah and, and I feel like it's there's a lot of confusion because there are so many ha- like I do feel like there can be so many like let's call it hats for for you know context but it's like there can be so many varying hats that women do wear because we do have to, you know, like it's like we we put these unconscious pressures on ourselves to 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 make money, to be the wife, to be the mum, to do the things. And funnily enough, I was chatting to one of my girlfriends a couple of weeks ago and I was telling her about um like how Blaze is just going into daycare. And, you know, and she was like, Oh, well, you know, like you just gotta let your ego go and know that it's probably for the better. And it like and it wasn't actually an ego thing at all. I wasn't upset because I had mum guilt or because I was trying to be perceived as being this perfect mom. I had, like, I felt sad because it was the end of a chapter. And I was like, there's no mom guilt attached to it. There's no ego attached to it. Actually, I'm just upset that there's, that there's a close of a chapter. But it's like that unconscious, like, okay, well, if you said, like, you know, it's like, well, 
like the defensiveness of like, okay, well, sending your child, like your child to daycare is obviously, you know, um, what's like, you know, sending your child to daycare means that you're not showing up as the mum that blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's not what it was about at all. And I know that that's what she was just trying to hold me in. But it's funny because we just have this like so much, there's just so much unconscious conditioning, right? And, and like you said at the start, there's just so much nuance and and so much like, yeah, just like there's just a lot of perplexities in the do's and don'ts. But I think the biggest thing is actually just discerning and discerning what's true for you, what's right for you. If that's being a stay-at-home mom, if that's being a working mom, if that's, you know, being whatever it is it's like you know it's really discerning what's right for you and what's what's right for you what's true for you but it's not sitting on the sidelines projecting onto the others who are actually standing in their truth and it's like okay well if that's if that's where you're going to sit and you're going to project and you're going to you know cast dispersions at people who are literally just navigating life the way that they want to navigate life get in the fucking arena yeah yeah, totally. And there always is, you know, we're always going to, you know, project on people. Like it's just part of us. It's And there's a difference between are you actually aware of that projection mm. or are you not aware? Do you know what I mean? If you can be aware of it or even just think to yourself, holy shit, like I just projected like so hard onto like my friend or that person or whatever you know and just own that and even if you don't say to that person oh my god I just projected so hard onto you but just know that that's what you're doing and my issue is again like it's not even about like what even like what the choice is but from what I see and from what I know it's so many women are making a choice right whatever choice that is but they're not happy with that choice and, yeah. and that's why we see so much on social media. And I think you would have even seen the post. It was like a bit of a post that went viral and it was like um, something about like women today are so, it's so hard and we're so tired or something because we were raised with traditional, we were raised in traditional homes but inspired that we can do everything and anything. So now we find ourselves working, making money, you know, leaving the home for the day, let's say. And then we're also doing the housework, the cooking, you know, all these quote unquote traditional roles of a woman, right? And the issue that I have with that post is the lack of accountability. So it's like, it's like this post that's like, oh, because I was raised in this traditional home, but then someone told me and my mum told me or my dad told me or society told me or my friends told me or whoever's telling me that I can go and work. So I went and worked and now I'm upset because I've, I've created a home life where I'm still the one that seems to be doing all the housework and the cooking and the cleaning. So it's like, mm. so where is your accountability? And it's like, let's unpack that. Are you happy? going to work? Do you want to make money? Right. That would be where I would start. If the answer is no. Okay. Well then you need to have a discussion, you know, with your husband or whoever you're in a relationship with about who's going to take on that role. Do you know, do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. At the start about like, I think women especially really struggle with this accountability of really owning the choice that we make. 
And I think, again, this is actually where we can learn something from men. And I mean that by, you know, we are like, oh, you know, we go to work and we, you know, we might miss out on things with our children and then we come home and we're busy and we're doing this cooking and we're doing the cleaning and we miss out on this and we're all like in our own, oh, you know, we're missing out on things and we're like in our pity party, right? But you never really hear men and there's never really spaces given to men and I'm sure Jack you know would I know my husband agrees with me about this it's like I've never heard a man say oh well I would like to spend more time with my children but I've got to go to work every day to make money yeah yeah you know know what I'm saying it's like mm. they just are really, not all men, because I'm sure there are men that bitch and moan about it, like there are women, but they're really like, that is always something that I do really admire about men is that they really own, they really own their choices. They own the fact that they're the leader, they're the provider, they're the protector of their family right? And they have a duty to that thing and to the people in their family. And there is no bitching. There is no moaning. There is no complaining. And I think if there was majority of wives or women would be like, get your ass up and get to work, you know, but we actually almost get that luxury of, of even being able to say these things like on mum guilt. Like, have you ever had a heard dad say he's got dad guilt? yeah yeah so true and I do think and I do think a lot of that is is instinct right and it's that difference between men and which I know people want to try and make out that there is no difference between us but there is but but there I feel like that in itself there's huge huge difference because even when you said that it was like like my mind instantly went yeah but the dad doesn't have the burden of being the sole carer of the child and even when they are like you know what I mean like I spend I can spend all day with Blazing Bow literally all day and I'm chasing monsters I'm building train tracks I'm like I'm so in in the zone being mum doing the thing and as soon as Jack gets home they're not at Jack's feet they're still at my feet so they don't carry that same you know connection I guess you could say so therefore it's never going to be completely the same because like we're we're two very different entities yeah yeah and and that's what I'm saying like that's what we're not respecting and Mm. it comes back to what we spoke about right at the very start it's that constant trying to prove oh Mm. well you know uh, you know a man might be like you know I'm working 12 hours a day to you know keep a roof over our head and you know so we've got money for extracurricular activities and birthdays and Christmas and food and you know obviously like the cost of living and everything right now is just you know crazy and then the woman's like yeah but I'm at home with the kids and I don't have time for this and I don't get you know and we get caught in this constant competition almost with each other whereas if you were both able to just stop and really own the roles that we've chosen and when I say chosen I mean that because I literally want people to have a relationship where they actually have a discussion about okay when we have children like if you haven't had children yet and you're listening to this when we have children what is your expectation of me as a mother yeah what is the sort yeah. of mother that you you know have in your mind that your wife would be 
and the same for us like what sort of husband do you want to be what what and for him to say to you you know like when you think about getting married like what what means something to you what do you value you know Mm. and that's what I mean about accountability like it's being intentional it's having an accountability it's creating roles inside your own dynamic yes they don't have to look like traditional roles they don't have to be the complete opposite to, to traditional but once we've chosen those roles we don't I don't believe that we should constantly then play victim to those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it comes down to that part where it's like being like being a team. Exactly, being a team. And, of course, you can have days where you're like, oh, my fucking God, like I'm sure you have these days where you're like, (laughs) oh, my God, all I want to do is just like not be a mum today, go out, just like hang out with my friends or hang out with Jack I want it to be just the two of us. I don't want to have Nighttime to change routine for me. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I don't want to have to change a bum. I don't want to have, you know, of course, we all have, we all have those days and we should have the space and the safety to just be able to have that, right? But we, but yeah. we get to have that and then we have to stop being victim to our shit <laughs> and mm. own what we've created. And if we are somewhere along the line where we're not happy with the dynamic of our relationship and we're not happy with the roles that we've sort of either consciously or unconsciously created for ourselves in our relationship, we have to be able to say, babe, this is actually is not working for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. And evolve together. And evolve together. And I honestly believe that if couples start doing that, we're not going to see any of those posts that we see online about, you know, mm. like, oh, I've, I'm expected to do this, but I'm also doing that. Because to me, like, honestly, to me, if I was to post something like that, for me, I think that is super insulting if you're in a relationship. Like, if I was to post something like that and Les to see that online, he would 100% come home and be like, oh, babe, like, is everything okay? Like, yeah. Yeah. today and not that like this would already be a conversation that we would have because I'm a big believer you always discuss things with your husband with your partner who you know whoever it is before well I don't actually even believe in you know sort of public publicly slamming or shaming your partner like I hate that yeah. shit and when I yeah. do, and when I do read things like that you know whatever way that sort of sits on I do think that it's like this like lack of appreciation for each other. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, like it, 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 like I think, you know, say if I posted that and I haven't actually communicated anything to my husband, he thinks that I'm happy as Larry doing X, Y, and Z, being X, Y, and Z, and he's happy and he's you know, thinking, okay, everything's good. And then he sees this thing on social media and he thinks, oh, hang on a sec. And then they have to come and they're like, oh, what's like the go with this? And then you like unleash on them. And then it like turns into this thing. Whereas it's like, if we can just get to this place where we take accountability for ourselves, for our thoughts, for our feelings, for, you know, what we've agreed on in our marriage or in this dynamic, 
And if we want to change those things, take responsibility of having the courage to be like, babe, like this is not working for me anymore or I'm feeling, you know, really unappreciated and these are the reasons, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also being, remaining curious, right? It's like having, always remaining curious with the fact that things get to change and you get to, you know, I remember when I first started doing psychology, um, when I first started seeing a psychologist and, you know, she was trying to get me to start like, you know, owning my needs a little more, but because I disconnected from my needs for so long, because having my needs met was so foreign to me when I was, you know, like, cause this was when I first had Bo. So I feel like, you know, when, when you have children, so much comes up for you because you've got this beautiful mirror of your inner child, essentially. And I remember chatting to her and she was like, you know, like you need to communicate your needs more. You need to do all these things. And I was like, like, I'm so disconnected. I don't even know what that is. And she said, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be absolute. Like, you know, like she's like, try something on and communicate that. Like if, you know, communicate that you're going through this journey of, you know, speaking your truth and and really like, speaking your needs and if it and try it on try it out if it doesn't work then change it It, it's like it's it doesn't have to be absolute it's just remaining curious and and working together but like even but being able to do that requires you to have a level of self-awareness that I think Mm. majority of people do not have Mm. you know and like you even said like you had become so like almost numb to what it is that you actually needed that you weren't even sure so like if we're not even sure what that is like there's no way we can articulate that yeah you know which is why like you know I think we spoke about right at the very start of the podcast like knowing yourself and knowing your wounds and knowing your traumas and knowing all these things about yourself I believe even if it's just like a basic level even you having a basic awareness of okay I'm a human being with stories and narratives and traumas and wounds. And I am more than likely going to end up with someone with a completely different upbringing to me. They've got different wounds, different traumas. They see the world differently. You know, absolutely that is going to happen. Majority of people don't even have that. And then they are trying to navigate a marriage from thinking that the way they see the world and the way they see everything is the way their partner sees everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and if people just know that, even that one little thing, like, oh, my God, he sees things totally different to me. So we're having a bit of a conflict or we're having a bit of a disagreement. I'm just going to say to him, babe, like, can you explain to me, like, how you actually saw that or, like, mm. what that actually looks like for you? But you yeah, have to be yeah. enough to even be able to say that. So I'm not yeah. a believer in like, oh, you need to be healed to be in a relationship because I don't even actually think that any of us are ever actually healed, like full yeah, stop. Right? I don't, like, <laughs> it's I a journey. That. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's just a process. It's a constant process. But I do think that there needs to be a, a definite level of awareness and even just maturity to navigate a relationship, especially a relationship through so many different seasons of your life, especially if you've been together, you know, from a young age, you are going to have to get skills to do that. And I think that is like 
one of the main things we think marriage, we think relating is not a skill. It is 1,000, 1 million percent a skill that you have to acquire and you don't acquire it through victim mentality, not taking accountability for your own shit, you know, a, da- a dynamic in a relationship where it's like, I will if you will, like none of yeah. that works. Yeah, yeah, you're just fighting against one another. You're fighting against one another and there's not like, and you can't build anything from that. Like you can't build any momentum from that place. Mm. Like I will yeah. if you will. Like where's the momentum? There isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, like like we said at the start, it's such it's such a deep, nuanced topic, and there's so many different things that you can go down and you can work through, and you're always going to have to relook at them, rework through them, you know as you change your ideas of how things are going to look inside your marriage will change as they change. They're also having different ideas, you know, like you're dealing with a lot of different things. And like, that's why I say like, it's not easy and it's not even like, it's not easy. And Oh my God, it's going to be like awful. And like, just feel like the worst. No, I do believe that, you know, with, a good with the person that you've chosen and I am going to assume that people know what is best for them and who is best for them and what feels good to their nervous system and all those things but you're still going to have to work and it's going to be easeful sometimes and sometimes it's going to feel like you're like holy fucking shit why is this so difficult But I think that's everything, right? Like I think, and this is what, this is where I feel like society have kind of almost come unstuck because everything is so easily accessible. Everything is so easily disposable. It's like we've, we've become almost like conditioned to like fast success. Everything's quick. Everything's go, 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 go. And there's no, there's no room for compounding choices decisions actions and I say this all the time you know like I say this with my clients I was chatting to my clients last last night and they were like yeah every time you know it's like yeah and then when when the discomfort sets in I tend to quote-unquote sabotage myself and I'm like and I'm like this is where we come like this is where we go so wrong it's because as, as soon as we we feel any type of discomfort tap out mm-hmm. right it's like okay I'm done too hard and it's like, there is no fucking magic pill. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and you know, I like, like I laugh all the time. Jack and I have this conversation all the time, but I somehow, I don't know how, but I got onto, I think I was going through old messages and deleting old photos, sorry. And I had screenshots of like when Jack and I first met and like some of the stuff that I said, I was like, it was cringy. It was like, so like, it was just so, oh, like immature like that's the only way to to describe it It so immature and I mean I was 24 but like you know what I mean like it's like I like I truly believe that that my marriage with Jack is one of my biggest flexes um you know and like based on the way that I used to lead relationships the way that I used to navigate relationships the way that I was modeled relationships like what I've built with Jack and the safety and the security and the love and the depth and the communication and the connection is my biggest flex like 
we hold each other to such a high standard in such a in such a loving way and it really is just it's just everything that I could have it's it's everything I didn't think was possible really um but it's but it hasn't always been that way and we've had to lean into the discomfort and I think that this is just in general right like this is in in general when it comes to your evolution and people are so hesitant to to navigate the hard yet they're so happy to stay in the hard that is the comfort right but but they see the comfort as comfort not as hard but really if you think about it that is in essence hard because you're not necessarily happy you're not necessarily fulfilled you're not necessarily you know experiencing the depths that you can because you might be diluting your voice you might not be speaking your needs you might be playing out roles where you're maybe taking on too much or you know or you are in this in this space of like this for that this like you know this sorry tip tip for tat tip for tat and it's like that in itself is hard so can we actually just lean into that little bit of discomfort over time and and know that you know what what is hard eventually becomes easy it's like that's how that's how we grow and evolve we, we grow and evolve by you know normalizing what was once difficult it's the the same way we build strength in in the gym it's like you know we don't just walk into a gym and lift fucking 100 kilos we start at 20 and we work our way up and we push through the reps we push through the failures we push through the discomfort and we don't give up yeah and two I think with that is like saying it about relationships is but you also have to have a certain level of regard for the thing that you are trying to achieve. Does that mm. make sense? Like if you do not put, if you do not have like a deep reverence for a relationship that is built on soul fuck foundations and just like you were saying, you know, like your relationship you feel for you is your biggest flex and I'm the same. It's my most incredible achievement and will always will be for the rest of my life. And I love that I have that. But if you didn't have the regard and the respect to actually have that and build that, there's no way you're going to push through discomfort to get that thing. Like if you walk into the gym and you see a girl squatting 100 kilos, if you don't have deep respect for the skills and the work ethic that she has put into having that, you you're not going to do that because you're just going to think oh whatever like it's probably it comes easy to her you know people say it to me all the time oh you're just lucky that you met someone like that's good that you get along with that you know and like whilst I think I am incredibly lucky because I do think that he you know is just such an incredible human being like if he wasn't my husband we have this relationship all the time I'm like I would want to be your best friend yeah, and I, and, I, and I say to clients, one of the things that I say to them, if, if we're doing relationships, I say, would you want to be friends with your husband if they're not married with their partner? And some people are like, oh, like probably not. Really? And like, well, that's when I started off as friends. Yeah. And honestly, I'm like, if you don't want to be friends with your husband, I don't believe that you should be married to someone that wouldn't be your friend. Mm, yeah yeah because what what's 
what, what is it then? Why, why would you want to be married? Why would you want to be married to somebody? And if you're married to that person, I'm assuming if you're someone that wants to have children, you want to then have babies with that person oh, yeah. and have a family with that person if you wouldn't even be their friend. Yeah. See, I consider Jack my best friend. <laughs> like, it, and it, I'm it, exactly the same. I'm like, exactly I'm like, the same. Like, and, yeah. And like you were saying, but, and that's where I think the problem is though, is that there is no regard, there is no respect for marriage, for relationships that last, for the journey and for the story that is two people navigating and experiencing and loving each other through the journey of life and everything that is going to be in that, you know, the forgiveness, like the grace, the love, you know, that's actually what we're missing. We actually need to start with, do I actually value marriage? Do I actually value a relationship that is going to be more than just like, yeah, like someone that what, like I just get stuff from, let's say, Yeah. yeah, you know, we don't actually start with that respect and that reverence first. What are we actually working towards? Mm, yeah. You know, I, like for us, like we're working towards that video 60, 70 years from now where we're still, he's still smacking my bum. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm still like doting over him and he's kissing me on the forehead and we're all old and wrinkly and he's asking me to be his valentine for like, the 80th time that is what yeah right and that couldn't be our goal if we didn't see that or know that in other people and think we respect the fuck out of that Mm, yeah That's that's what the issue is people see that now and go whatever yeah which is bizarre because I'm like I see that and I'm like that is that like everything that is everything yeah yeah and, and you know, the thing that I also think is most beautiful about it is it's normally their children that are filming the video. Yeah. And I, and I always think to myself, how incredible for those children and, you know, probably grandchildren by then to even great grandchildren, like some of these people are like in their 90s. Yeah. How incredible that they have had that to witness. Yeah. Like yeah. That is something that you cannot buy. You cannot just have it without mm. without working for it. And it's something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Funnily enough, I actually asked my my nan recently. Um, my nan's got 13 great-grandchildren. And, I mean, we've almost spoken for two hours, so I'll keep it quick. But um, I spoke to my nan. So my pop, her husband, he died at a young age at 37. Um, he had like a heart attack and she never remarried, but like, so she never remarried. And I was chatting to her the other week, um, when I was down there, cause I just like, I, I love my nan. She's the best human and like, she's just the best human, but I just feel like there's so much to learn from that generation. Right. And I was chatting to her and I said, Nan, did you ever, like I said, did you ever consider remarrying or like anything like that? And I mean, she's been a widow for, she's 88 now. So she's been a widow for pretty much half of her life. Well, well, yeah, more than half of her life, right? And she said, yeah, and she was like, 
And she was like, no, not at all. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. She's like, you know, when you marry a good man and you commit to that man, that that, that was, you know, that was the commitment I made. And and when you marry the man of your dreams, you don't want anybody else. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, like, um, but it's funny because see how like, like that that's generation. What I mean. like, how's that level of respect? Yeah. Yeah, like, like her level of respect and reverence for what she committed herself to all those years ago. And yeah. even though she was dealt the worst, most soul crushing card of her life, you know, I would say, mm. she still can say and sit there and be like, no, because he was my man. He was the man that I chose, you know, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong if people do go on and get remarried. Everybody has a different journey. And and I don't believe that there is one person for everyone, even though I am a hell of a romantic, I actually don't believe that. Um, Because I feel like that takes like a lot of consciousness out of relationships. But I just think you're not going to be able to hold that if there's just not that respect and that's what they have, right? Mm -hmm. They have that that deep respect for each other. They have that deep respect to what each and each other bring as individuals. They have deep respect for each other's like flaws and weaknesses and stories and things that they're not good at or things that they've done wrong. Like that's what it is, you know what I mean? And it's funny that you actually say that because it's another post that I saw and it was like a a reel that someone had done up about how men used to go off and write love letters from war. Have you seen it? No, no. I was going around on Instagram. I was actually going to do like a um, thing and say something about it, but it just completely sort of left my mind. But it was a reel about like how men, like back in those generations, you know, in the First World War, Second World War, used to send love letters, you know, home to their wives, you know, that were waiting for them and stuff. And it was like, now you can't even get a man, you know, to open your door or like do these basic, you know, text you back or whatever. And I just thought to myself, yeah, and the women were at home waiting for them, holding down the fort, respecting them, loving them, sending them strength and, you know, all the things that these men needed while they were away. Most women today would not do that. Yeah, yeah. They don't respect what they are away doing. Women respected what they were away doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's, it's like it's a two-way street and that was my problem with it. It was like, but you're asking for this level of devotion, a love letter, and but what are you offering? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, what, what are you offering in return? Are you at home bitching and moaning that he's away at war? Like these women weren't at home bitching and moaning because so-and-so wasn't home because he's away getting his fucking legs shot off. Yeah, you know, this, yeah, this is yeah. the level of like n- no responsibility and accountability and no respect for what it actually means to commit to someone, wake up every day and choose that person, respect that person, show them appreciation, you know, like 
there's so many layers to it, but I've done a post before and I, all I wrote on it was you can't love someone you don't respect. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone loved it. And that's all it said. I don't even think I wrote like a caption on it or anything. Yeah. And I'm a huge, huge believer in that. So if I ever hear women talking shit about their husbands you know, you hear it at cafes and stuff all the time, paying them out. It could be about how shit of a husband they are or father or what they're wearing or what they're whatever. I straight away know that she does not respect him. And then I know that there's no way that she can be deeply in love with that man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that he's an angel and she's just sitting there oh, being definitely. a big yeah or whatever it is and I believe the same thing you know vice versa but I do think men especially really receive respect as love yeah 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 I would would agree with that yeah definitely if if you're able to be like look I really respect your decision or I really respect what you do for our family thank you so much I really, you know, whatever it is in whatever way, that just goes like such a long way for guys. They just think, oh, holy fucking shit, my life has just been made. Yeah, but they also don't have the expectation, right? Whereas like I feel like we are like, you know, we want to be validated. Like, and I say, I, you know, I say this to Jack all the time. Like I'm like, you know, I'm like validate me, like do all these things. But it's like, you know, like it's like, they they do without the expectation. They do so unconditionally where it's like we almost want to be validated and celebrated and doted on for, you know, being the homemaker or cooking dinner or cleaning their clothes and stuff like that. And I've fallen into that trap of like, you know, there's so many comments I can see myself throwing around now that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see like I can see how I've just surrendered to their like, you know, to the conditioning. But it's like you know, like I want to be told that I'm being a good mom. I want to be told that I'm being a good wife. I want to be told that I'm doing all these things. Whereas like, you know, Jack just does it without needing any type of, you know, reassurance. And they do, or... and they do it without it. But it's like if you give it to them as well, like if you actually give yeah. them, especially if their love language, like my husband's love language is words of affirmation. We're actually both the same. Yeah. So if you give them that praise and you give them that, like they will literally move heaven and earth for you. And I think that is like such a basic thing that women really don't get and don't embody is that they don't actually realize how little men actually need in terms of what you say to them and how you express for them for them to just be like I will move heaven and fucking earth for you yeah and I think it does play into that like you know the masculine energies as well because it's like well you know a a man is going to feel deeply rooted and safe in his masculine when he knows when he's given the when he's given the ability to be it right and, and that comes with sometimes actually expressing it and I remember once um in particular I you know men are very logic driven right so every time every time you come to them with a problem they, they're giving you a solution and women don't want the solution they just want to be held in the problem and I remember going to Jack once when we um you know like earlier on and I think I was having a hard day with motherhood and he was like, well, why don't we do this? And it just was like completely like, you know, to me, that was like, you've just invalidated everything that I've said. And, 
I kind of went away and had a cry and did whatever. And then I came back like a couple of hours later and I was like, you know, I just need you to hold space for me. I don't need you to solve my problems. I just need you to hold space for me. And, you know, I've said this numerous times, but he literally looked at his hands like, like, how the fuck do I hold space? Like, you know, like he literally was like, what the hell? Less. Yeah, like he's like, what the fuck? And then like, you know, maybe two or so weeks ago, we went for a big walk and I was like just speaking to him about things that were happening for me. And he was like, you know, we don't think that we like, we don't, we, we, we're so grateful for you. We appreciate you, all the things. And then I remember like looking at him and I like literally looked him in the eye and I said like, thank you so much for holding space for me. And I, you could see like that, you could just see in his whole like energetic field that he was like. I'm a fucking legend. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I did what she asked me to do and, and I like, and it was like that permission slip to be like, okay. And how have I not voiced that? Then, you know, now when I'm having a freaking meltdown or whatever, you know, I, I met with, how can I support you? What do you need from me? Do you just need me to listen? Not, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? It, it's the, that I needed to create that space and I needed to give that permission and I needed to, needed to articulate it in order for him to step into that masculine role and be like, okay, I can actually give to her what she needs rather mm -hmm. than give to her what I think she needs, which is based on my my way of being and doing, which is usually logic and we don't fucking want logic. <laughs> and that's so right there. And that's actually a really beautiful like example of like just how something so small, but how that can be carried on and on and on and on in a relationship. But you see how there, like you took accountability right for, okay, I haven't actually explained to Jack exactly what I need from him and exactly what that would look like and feel like for me. I actually haven't done that right. That's your accountability. And that's what I mean. So you went to him and you were like, you know, this is actually what I mean. And then he did what any good man, what any loving husband would do. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to let her, you know, share with me, unload on me what she's, you know, this is what she said that she needs. And then you've given him the, you know, experience at the end of babe, that's exactly it. That was exactly what I needed. Thank you. And then he knows in his brain, okay, when yeah. Shelly says to me that she wants me to hold space, this is what holding space looks like is what I just did. Yeah. But if you have never taken accountability for, oh, I've actually demanded something from him that I haven't actually explained, that would have just become a big horrendous problem. Yeah. Definitely. Something over and over again that you guys would have butt-headed on. He would have been like, well, I'm trying to help. And you would have been like, yeah, but you're not helping. I just, you know, and it's like, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Like backwards and forwards because we are different, you know, and that's what I mean. Like when I've said, you know, earlier, like it's learning each other. It's learning about men. It's learning the way that they see things or what they hear when we say X. When we say this, they're only hearing a little bit of that. You know, it's actually being able to have these conversations over and over and over and over again about what it actually is that they're hearing when they say this or how, you know, they think they're showing up. Like sometimes men probably think that they're doing like all the right things, you know, yeah. and they're hitting it and they're like, yes, like I'm doing yeah. so well. And their wife or girlfriend or whoever is at home just thinking, oh my fucking God, I'm so unhappy right? 
And then instead of actually being accountable for, okay, this is how I'm actually feeling and expressing that to them, we very often will just unleash, you know, our wrath of disappointment. Yeah. And be (laughs) so reactive. Yeah. 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 And I think as well, like it's like, and it's like, you know, what we were saying before the podcast, before the episode was like, this creates such, like this creates just, you know, so much more intimacy, so much more connection when you have, when you are working as a union, you're not working against one another. You're not in competition. You're actually in it together, doing life together, you know, evolving together. And and yeah, it just is such a beautiful fucking like, 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 like it truly is success, right? And I always say to people, I'm like, you know, we we have this really um, like ingrained idea in us as women, oh, like we have to be equal. We have to be equal. Everything has to be like equal. We have to be the same. I'm like, okay, well, this equal means the same. Okay, if you're the if you're the exact same, the whole idea of polarity and union and sacred devotion is that you're actually the opposite. And opposites are so there's such a force and such a magnetism between them that it's really bringing you together. It's not about being the same. We are just such a beautiful complement to each other. And that's always really my message is how we are just such a beautiful complement to each other, but we need to do a lot of work around our stories, around our conditioning, around our narratives, around like what we think certain things mean, like marriage, you know, we need to do a lot of work around those things. So we're actually able to see that instead of seeing it from, I need to be equal. We need to be the same. Yeah. Why aren't we the same? And then that's where we're really going to start spiraling into the, the these fights and these disagreements about, but I do this, but you do that, but blah, 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 you know, and you just backwards and forwards instead of it just being like, oh, we're just like really complimentary to each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're really awesome and amazing at that. Like, and we were saying this at the start about like technology when we were talking before the episode starts. Like, we don't have to force everything to just be, we, we need to get to a place where like, we're okay with like, I'm not good at that. Yeah. Like yeah. My husband, yeah. He doesn't like to cook. Like he has no interest. Like he might cook like a couple of times a month and he makes steak and vegetables, which I love. And I adore it when he makes the meal, but like, it's not his zone of genius. It's not something that he feels really good doing. And that's so okay with me. I don't expect him to be able to cook like me, just like he doesn't expect me to be able to like mow the fucking lawn or like, you know, like build something, like build the tree house, like he built for our door. Like, I don't care for that. But looking at each other, he doesn't look at me and think, oh, fucking idiot can't even build this can't even mow a lawn can't it you know yeah yeah think that and I don't look at him and think oh my god doesn't even like to cook dinner doesn't even like to you know like go shopping with our daughter and get excited about like new clothes like we we really embrace that he's a man and I'm a woman yeah yeah definitely and it gets to look however it looks like you know Yeah. yeah Yeah. 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 I know um, we're speaking for ages, but is there any <laughs> last question that you really wanted to 
we have I mean we haven't even like we haven't even gone through the questions at all but I had a feeling that was going to go the way that it was going to go because I know that we laughed (laughs) yeah but I also feel like we covered them we just didn't like we just didn't speak to them in the way that I questioned them Um, however to finish off I always do fire away questions so first question if you could have one superpower what would it be Oh, I hate this question. <laughs> One superpower. Yes. Oh, something stupid like live forever or something. <laughs> I love that one actually. Yeah. Um, be immortal. Um, yes. yes, like Twilight. I want to be yeah. a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something you can't live without. Ooh. Um. Something I can't live without. Oh, so many things. Like obviously, very obviously my family, but probably like the sun, the ocean. If I wasn't, if I didn't have them, if I wasn't close to them, I would go insane. (laughs) That is me to a T. Like that's my, that is my only non-negotiable in my marriage is I need to be near the ocean. Like I don't care where I am, just as long as I'm close to the ocean. Um, One of your biggest icks. Oh, in like any situation? Anything, yeah. Oh, I hate when people leave food in the sink. Oh, yeah, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yuck. Yeah. I love these questions. <laughs> and your coffee order? Oh, I'm boring, long black. Long black. Yeah. yeah. Way back when I first started drinking coffee, I used to drink like, oh, soy caramel something disgusting latte and then now I just drink black coffee black no syrups no sugar no nothing just over ice love it only drink one coffee a day in the morning um yeah love I see I'm a bit of like I'm a bit of a fancy I like I go for a almond cap with honey I like honey in my coffee an almond cap with honey yeah yeah I'm just not a milk girl yeah yeah see I can't do normal milk I hate the taste of it um but I also have been caffeine free for like probably a month now I've been but I still have decaf coffee because I love the taste of coffee but I haven't been caffeinating so for any particular reason um more so just because I am really in a season of like really nurturing my nervous system Mm -hmm. and I feel like whilst caffeine is probably not going to be hugely like you know, going to have a huge impact on it. It's still just another thing that I can do to like bring myself back into sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're someone that if you drink coffee, if you do have a bit of a nervous system sort of response to it, which it affects people in different ways. Like I don't, I just actually love the taste of coffee. Like I never drink coffee and go, oh my God, like I'm awake. And most of the time I don't drink a coffee until at least an hour or two hours after I actually wake up. So I'm not like wake up, have to drink coffee before I can do anything. It's just actually I really enjoy the taste, the flavour, everything about it. And it doesn't give me any sort of like um, like hearty palpitation. It doesn't do anything like that to me. So I have no, yeah, I don't. And there is a lot of research that shows that coffee is actually quite good for you too, which... Well, see, I, because I've been breastfeeding for the last, like pretty much the last three and a half years, I've only ever had one coffee a day anyway. 
So then I, so I feel like I haven't really had like that response, but I'm just doing it for the sake of like, you know, I'm just like doing what I can do because I'm training for the half marathon, which, which is pushing me into like a bit more of a fight or flight response. So I'm like, just like nurturing. I'm just in a nurturing, like, okay, what can I do to just nurture? Love, 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 love. So honestly, we have spoken for almost like three hours, I feel, um, but it has been everything. I just knew that it would be. Joe Rogan and run for his money. Honestly. He does like like three, four hour podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we could be here for six hours, honestly. Like we could all, we could be on a roll for six hours easily. Um, But thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it was just so amazing and I'm so excited to publish it because like I said I feel like you're you have very strong opinions on certain things that I think that um you know it's just like I just I just love hearing people's perspectives to be honest and I love hearing opposing perspectives and I love hearing people so convicted in their truth and I feel like you've just raised so many good points and you know like I I agree with so so many things that you've said and it's stuff that we need to hear right because like you know especially like I said before like we do live in a generation where it's like very disposable where things aren't respected where things aren't valued to the level that they should be and yeah Yeah. honestly thanks so much for having me babe um I totally agree and it's so nice to have a space where like you can just talk for longer and go into things. And I think it's nice too, because people get to sort of, I mean, if you are someone that listens to podcasts, you get to really like hear the humanness and see that people are just people. They are just humans. We all just are like figuring stuff out. And, you know, yeah, and we all have opinions. And, you know, I've always been very sort of like convicted in the things that I believe in and like love and you know like true love and devotion like they just mean so much to me and it's always from a place of you know I want everybody to experience what that is actually like I'm just never going to be someone that creates these sort of like fairy tale soft victim sort of like um teachings that make it into this really like easy thing you know and something that you never you you know you don't have to change anything about yourself in order like I'm just I'm not a sugar coder (laughs) and the people that you know come to me they really love that and they respect that and the people that don't that's great like I'm definitely not um everybody's taste but I just always hope that my intention for you know that I just want people to know true love and real love that is always my um main focus and intention I love it honestly I just love it I love it um so for anybody (laughs) I know but I'm just like oh like you know what I mean like this is what we need this is what the world needs I just love love okay Okay. (laughs) this is what we need this is the world like this is world domination yes yes and Um, I would love that I would love if everyone spoke about relationships like that and built men up and built women up and we did and we just came together and like loved each other that's just what I think that we all need 
you're like the girl from um Mean Girls where she like comes and stage and she's like I just want like she's like can we just bake a cake and like you know or whatever it is I can't even remember what it is but like how she's like I just want to bake a cake and like <laughs> rainbow like see rainbows or whatever that like whatever it is I'm like that's exactly right I'm like, very wholesome I'm very wholesome <laughs> um but for the listeners can you just share where they can find you um, um Yes, you can. So pretty much really I'm only on Instagram. I don't do like threads or Twitter or like my Facebook's really just like for family. Um, So my Instagram is just it's Ash Sherrington. Um, It's Ash Sherrington. Yeah, you can probably tag me. Um, Yeah, I'm not like super, super active on my socials, but I'll always sort of like interact with anyone that interacts with me um, and definitely don't come onto my page if you're not prepared to (laughs) reflect on certain things Um, and don't come onto my page and just spew hatred all over me, please. (laughs) (laughs) No sensitive snowflakes. No, no like no no one that isn't ready to be like okay give it to me straight <laughs> yeah yeah and also but also just to add to that as well like for anybody listening knowing that you get to access your own fucking discernment and whatever we speak to it's like I said it like I said it numerous times there's no right or wrong it's it's all perspective and you know and 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 perception right and and I think that this is like what we all need to start owning is that it's it doesn't have to be this or that like you can you can remain curious and you can hold opposing opinions and that's the whole like that is fucking how we that's how we attain wholeness like you know like and grow and change and you know yeah. you might not be in a place where you know you might not be married you might not be in a relationship or anything like that and just owning where you are actually at and if you are in a relationship you know like I said to you at the start I very much speak to you know probably relationships that already have that foundation and you are actually really looking to take your commitment and your devotion you know like in feminine masculine teachings like it would be more like stage three like if ever anyone's familiar with David Dieter like it's really that stage three devotional unconditional love like I really speak to that that's where I'm at in my marriage so you know, my perspectives and beliefs are probably not where a lot of people are at and that's totally okay. And I would never encourage anyone to rush into these parts of their relationships because I really believe that we have to build the foundation, you know, then we go through the world waters and then we can come out and, you know, there are so many beautiful layers and I really don't want anyone to bypass them and ever look to my relationship, for example, and be like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to be because we're 15 years in. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I would hope that my 15-year relationship looks very different to someone that's been together for a year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, my love. Well, I will let you go. Thank Have you so much. lovely afternoon. I will. You too. And I will no doubt speak to you through Instagram. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming. Yes, no, my pleasure. See ya. soon. Bye. Okay, so this was a longer podcast um, and I hope that you have made it to the end. 
Obviously, we went in every direction possible. We covered a vast majority of topics. However, I love speaking to Ash because I truly do believe that she just has some really cool perspectives and some really strong opinions. And I feel like it's really cool to just understand you know the lens of other people and really cool so if you enjoy this podcast then please do leave a review or share on socials or like or whatever you do with podcasts um and I cannot wait for the next one so thank you so much and I will see you for episode seven bye